Good morning and welcome to another Saturday Devotions. We are so happy to get to have you with us this morning as we get ready to dig into the Word. We're going to be having services this weekend, so please, again, make sure that you sign up with your district pastor, your campus pastor, or come and be a part of our drive-in service opportunities that we have. If you would like more information, do reach out to your pastor, your campus pastors, anyone you know, and we would love to be able to help you out. Now, we do want to get started with the Word of God, and no better way to get started than hitting it with Psalms 91. So let's turn to Psalms 91 by one of our very own young people. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fuller snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That was just beautiful. Now as we get our hearts ready for the word of God, Let's open up our hearts. Let's worship the Lord this morning together.
was wonderful. One of the things I love, love, love about devotion time is that we get to have and hear some beautiful testimonies. Now let's get to hear a wonderful testimony by one of our sisters and her baking testimony. Let's check it out. Hello, Sophie family. I'm Imelda Noble from North Campus. Ang business ko po ay isang bakery. Uh, sa bakery po, during lockdown, nakaka-trisak po kami per day. So, nung po magla-lockdown na, pinatapad na po yung lockdown, sabi ko, uh, na po yung business ko. Pero maling-mali po po. Praise God. Yung po dati kong tatlong sakong ginagawa, naging five sacks sa po araw-araw. Lumaki po yung benta ko, mas lalo po dumami ang mga customer ko. Nagpapasalamat po ako sa Panginoon dahil napakabuti po ng Panginoon sa buhay namin. Uh, mga kapatid, uh, sa, sa krisis, sa kalamidad na dumating man sa buhay natin, lagi po natin iisipin ang Panginoon ay lagi nasa atin at hindi niya po tayo pababayaan. Basta kapit lang po tayo sa Kanya. Lagi po tayo magdadasal. Lagi po tayo manampalataya sa Kanya. To God be the glory. Well, that is always encouraging to get to hear what God is doing in the lives of our brothers and our sisters. We're going to be getting into the Word today, so grab your Bibles, open them up to Romans, and we will get started. But as we start, let's open in prayer. Lord, as we get ready to hear your Word and understand and dig into Scripture today, we pray, touch our hearts, Lord God, touch our lives let us see and be able to apply these things, Lord God, to ourselves. See how we should improve our life. Lord, let us have an understanding and an unfolding of you and your word. Lord, we thank you that we get to have an opportunity to dig in and learn more about you, who you are, what you do, 
And Lord, we thank you that in all things you are a good and faithful Father. We worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today we are going to be getting into Romans and it is Romans chapter one. And we're going to be starting with verse 18 for today. It says God's wrath on the unrighteous. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven right away. That's an important thing to know. That's revealed from heaven. It comes from God. That doesn't come from us. That doesn't come from man. But that's something that is revealed only from heaven, only from the Lord. Against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Now, right there, we're seeing an effect of sin. When sin comes around, it suppresses truth. It suppresses reality. It hides it. You're not able to face it. You're not able to deal with it. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. That's talking about the creation testimony. Ever since they were made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor God and give thanks to him. So there's an important principle. You can know God. You can know everything about him that he has revealed to you. You can experience him for yourself. You can have seen testimonies and miracles. They knew God. They did not honor him or give thanks to him. So they knew him but they didn't understand who he was. They didn't have a relationship with him. They didn't choose that he would truly be their God and that they would love him and serve him. You see, God is not a one-time revelation. It's not a one-time decision. Having a relationship with God, walking this Christian life is a decision you make every single day. So they knew and did not honor and did not give thanks we know and we need to honor. We need to give thanks to God. We need to be able to worship him for who he is and what he's done. We don't want to be like these people. We need to know and realize knowing God, honoring him and worshiping him is enough. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. They became closed from smart understanding, opening word of God to dumb, closed heart, unwilling to listen, unwilling to change. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Now that is a verse I have marked up in every Bible I have, I have a star next to it, next to every Bible that I have. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. They think they've had this new realm of enlightenment, but in reality, they've just grown in their foolishness. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Now, in our service last weekend, one of the things we talked about is that you can live a lifestyle that removes God's hand of protection from your life. And when God removes that hand of protection from you, it opens you up to all sorts of sin and all sorts of temptation, and all sorts of opportunities that you will fall because that hand of protection that has been placed on you has been lifted. Here, we're seeing the same thing. God gave them up. God took his hand off of their life and gave them up to their lusts, to their hearts of impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Imagine 
you're doing a business deal. You are offering truth of God and you sell that for a lie. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. So it's not an improvement. They're settling for less. They're settling for a lie. They're not settling for the creator. They're settling for the creation. They serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, the next two verses in my Bible, I have two exclamation points because for me, this is like, whoa. For the reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the man likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passions for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving into themselves the due penalty of their error. Not a nice thing to think about. But again, they gave up what was real for a lie. They turned away from what could have been a beautiful relationship for compromise. So that hand of protection is lifted from their lives. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up. That's three times we're seeing that God gave them up. That is very powerful. Anytime you see repetition in your Bible, you want to mark that up. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, convectious, malice. They are full, okay, not a little bit, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God. You can't serve two masters. It's one or the other. Haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. That's another like, whoa, in the Bible for me. So they know better, but did it anyways, because they think they know better. They think they know more than God. So even though they know what the Bible says, they don't agree. They live a compromised life. And the end is something that's just downright scary. They give approval to those who practice them. So not only are they destroying themselves, but they're giving approval to other people who live a shameful lifestyle, who live a lifestyle that goes against the word of God. They're saying, have you ever seen a commercial or bought something in the store that has like recommended by or approved by here? You've got a group of people who are approving and recommending and thumbs up to this lifestyle of compromise. These are people who know better. These are people who chose to walk away from God. And this is the effect that sin can have in our life. Let's not think we know better than God. Let's not go and turn from someone who has had an experience and a relationship with God, who knows God's righteous decree and turns away. That's an important thing for us to remember. And let's now get into some praise and worship before we head into the Old Testament.
getting into our Old Testament scripture for today. So again, open up those Bibles. We're going to 2 Chronicles chapter 21. 2 Chronicles chapter 21. Remember, Bible with space to write, grab those pens and pencils, and let's mark some stuff up. Now for chapter 21, we're going to be starting in verse 4. When Jehoram had ascended to the throne of his father and was established he killed all his brothers. Sounds like a nice man. With the sword and also some of the princes of Israel. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem for eight years. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel as the house of Ahab had done for the daughter of Ahab was right. So he had some fathers friends who were his advisors here, which we're going to see in a little bit. And we're going to take a look and see how he got corrupted by these people. And he did what was right and evil in the sight of the Lord. So what was right in his own eyes, evil in the eyes of the Lord. Sometimes for ourselves, we think we're doing right in our own eyes. I'm good. This is good. No, this is right. But when you take a look at it to the word of God, you see, wait, that's not right. That's evil. So he was doing what was right in his eyes, but in the sight of the Lord was evil. Yet, this shows the faithfulness of God. Yet, the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David. And since he had promised to give a lamp to him and to his sons forever. I don't know if you remember last week, we talked about some generational promises. Here, we're seeing generational promises. We're seeing that God remembers the promises that he has made to us and to our family. And we're seeing that not only does God remember these promises, but God keeps his promises. And that's the kind of God we serve. So we see him remembering a promise to David and keeping this promise, even though the lifestyle could have said, okay, never mind. I'm going to walk away from this promise. God still kept his promise. In his days, Edom revolted from the rule of Judah and set up a king of their own. Then Jehoram passed over with his commanders and all his chariots. And he rose by night and he struck the Edomites who had surrounded him and his chariot commanders. So Edom revolted from the rule of Judah, uh, sorry. So Edom revolted from the rule of Judah to this day. And that time Libna also revolted from his rule because he had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers. So these people are saying, 
I'm backing up. You have rejected God. We love God. We want to serve God. We are pulling away. We revolt against your rule because you forsake the Lord. Moreover, he made high places in the hill country of Judah and led the inhabitants of Jerusalem into whoredom and made Judah go astray. That is not what a leader is supposed to do. You are not supposed to lead your people astray. You are supposed to live and give an account and lead your people into success and lead your people towards God and away from sin and away from compromise. And a letter came to him from Elijah, the prophet, saying, Thus, the Lord, the God of David, your father, because you have walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat, your father, in the ways of Asa, king of Judah, but you have walked in the way of the kings of Israel and have enticed Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem into whoredom, as the house of Ahab led Israel into whoredom. And also you have killed your brothers and your father's house, for who were better than you? Behold, the Lord will bring a great plague on your people, your children, your wives, and all your possessions. Decisions that we make don't really just affect us. No, they affect us, our family, if you're a leader, your business, the people you're handling. It's a big situation. Behold, he will bring a great plague on your people, your children, your wives, and all your possessions, your assets. And you yourselves will have a severe sickness with the disease of your bowels until your bowels come out because of the disease day by day. So here we see you are the opposite of your father, father's father. You're the opposite of King David. You're not living a life that honors God. In fact, you're leading people into whoredom, which we also saw something similar in our chapter today in Romans. And he's saying, I can't bless this. I cannot bless what you're doing. I cannot bless your leadership. I cannot bless your lifestyle. So there's going to become consequences. There will be consequences that are going to head your way. And the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the anger of the Philistines and of the Arabians who are near the Ethiopians. And they came up against Judah and invaded it and carried it away. And the possessions they found that belonged to the king's house and the sons and his wives, so that no son was left to him except Jehoaz, his youngest son. Because of his decisions, he lost it. He lost pretty much everything he had. Every person that was close to him, that he loved, his possessions, all he had left was his youngest son. After all this, the Lord struck him in his bowels with an incurable disease. In the course of time, at the end of two years, his bowels came out because of the disease, and he died in great agony. Consequence of turning away from God. His people made no fire in his honor, like the fires made for his fathers. He was 32 years old when he began to reign and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem, and he departed with no one's regret. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the tomb of the kings. I hope when you or I pass away, and I pray, no one will have any regret. No one will say, oh, no, it's fine. They can go. Nope. We don't miss them. We don't love them. And that's their king. But because of what he did, the people saw he was leading them away from God and the pain and the consequences that came, came because of him. Chapter 22. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Hazael, his youngest son, king in his place for the band of men that came with the Arabians to camp, had killed all the older sons. So Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, the king of Judah reigned. Isaiah was 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother, 
who was named Athila, the granddaughter of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor in doing wickedly. That's some bad parenting right there. You don't want to teach and train your kids to do evil. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and the house of Ahab and what they had done. For after the deaths of his father, they were his counselors to his undoing. Bad advisors. You need to be very careful of who are your counselors and your advisors when you're making important decisions in life. He even followed their counsel and went with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, to make war against Hazel, king of Syria, at ramoth Gild, And Syrians wounded Joram, and he returned to be healed in Jezreel. And the wounds that he had received in Ramah, when he fought against Hazel, king of Syria, and Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was wounded. But it was ordained by God that the downfall of Aziah should come about through his going to visit Joram. For when he came there, he went out of Jehoram, and he met Jehu, the son of Nemishi, whom the Lord had anointed to destroy the house of Ahab. So there's people who can be set aside to destroy other people. And when Jehu was executing judgment on the house of Ahab, he met the prince of Judah and the sons of Aziah's brothers who attended Aziah, and he killed them. He searched for Aziah, and he was captured while hiding in Samaria. He was brought to Jehu to be put to death, and they buried him. For they said he is the grandson of of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart, and the house of Ahaziah had no one able to rule the kingdom. Then things adjust and get worse. Now, when Athila, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she rose and destroyed all the royal family in the house of Judah. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Aziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were about to be put to death. And she put him and his nurse in a bedroom. Thus, Jehoshaphat, the son of Jehoram, the wife of Jehodiah, the priest, because she was a sister of Haziah, hid him from Athila so that she did not put him to death. And he remained with them six years, hidden in the house of God, while Athila reigned over the land. Here we see a remnant, a remnant being saved and set aside that we'll see the importance of right now. But in the seventh year, Jehodiah took courage and entered into a covenant with the commanders of hundreds, Azariah the son of Jehoram, Ishmael the son of Jehonan, Azariah the son of Obed, Maisa the son of Adiah, and Elisaphat the son of Zikri. And they went through Judah and gathered the Levites from all the cities and the heads of the fathers of Israel. And they came to Jerusalem. And all, that's an important word, all of the assembly made a covenant with the king in the house of God. And Jehoiada said to them, Behold, the king's son, let him reign, as the Lord spoke concerning the sons of David. This isn't about rebellion. This is about God fulfilling his promise again. And this is what you shall do, of you priests and Levites, who Come off duty on the Sabbath. One third shall be gatekeepers. One third shall be at the king's house. And one third at the gate of the foundation. And all the people shall be in the courts of the house of the Lord. Let no one enter the house of the Lord except the priests and ministering Levites, that they may enter, for they are holy. But all the people shall keep the charge of the Lord. The Levites shall surround the king 
each with his weapon in his hand. And whoever enters the house shall be put to death. Be with the king when he comes in and when he goes out. The Levites and all of Judah did according to Jehodiah the priest and what he had commanded. And they each brought his men who were off to go on duty on the Sabbath. And when those who came on duty on the Sabbath for Jehodiah did not dismiss the divisions, and the priests gave to the captains the spears and the large and small shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of God. Remember when we saw things being put in the temple with King Solomon and we asked a question, why were those things being put there? Who knew they were going to be needed later on? And he set all the people as a guard for the king, every man with his weapon in his hand. And from the south side of the house to the north side of the house, around the altar of the house. Then they brought the king's son and put the crown on him and gave him the testimony and they proclaimed him king. And Jehodiah and his sons anointed him. And they said, Long live the king. They obeyed the law of the king, and that's what they were doing. When Athila heard a noise of the people running and praising the king, she went into the house of the Lord to the temple. Bad decision. And when she looked there, she saw there was a king standing by his pillar at the entrance, and the captains and the trumpeteers beside the king, and the people of the land rejoicing and blowing trumpets, and the singers and their musical instruments leading the celebrations. And Athaliah tore her clothes and cried, Treason! Treason! Then Jehodiah the priest brought out the captains who were set over the army, saying to them, Bring her out between the ranks, and anyone who follows her, be put to death with a sword. For the priest said, Do not put her to death in the house of the Lord. So they laid hands on her, and she went into the entrance of the horse gate of the king's house, and they put her to death there. Now let's wrap up this chapter. And Jedidiah made a covenant between himself and the people of the king that they should be the Lord's people. When you have a remnant, God left a remnant here that would bring the nation back to honoring the Lord. And God saved this young man because he knew he was going to honor and live right and serve him. Now he made some important decrees and some important decisions. Then all the people went to the house of Baal and tore it down. His altars and his images, they broke into pieces. They killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. They destroyed the things of sin. They didn't tolerate them. They didn't go sell them. They didn't try and keep them for later. They completely destroyed them. And that's what you need to do. If you've got sinful things from your past, don't keep them around. Don't hide them. Don't try and sell them. Don't try and give them to somebody else destroy them. You turn away from the evil. You turn away from the sin. And Jehodiah posted watchmen for the house of the Lord under the direction of the Levitical priests and the Levites whom David had organized to be in charge of the house of the Lord to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. As it is written in the law of Moses, with rejoicing and singing according to the order of David, he stationed gatekeepers in the gates of the house of the Lord, so that no one should enter who was in any way unclean. And he took his captains and the nobles and the governors of the people and the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord, marching through the upper gate of the king's house. And they set the king on the royal throne. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet after Athila had been put to death by the sword. The fruit of serving God, the fruit of leading the people back to him, is the bad people are gone. The sin and the items related to sin were destroyed. And that's how it needs to be in our life. So we see today there's consequences with sin 
There's consequences from knowing God and choosing to turn away from him. But we can turn to God and let go and get rid of the sin, get rid of the temptations, get rid of the things that are around us that could lead us back into a sinful or compromised life. So I'd encourage you this morning, get rid of anything that might be around that you need to let go of. Remove those things from your life. And remember, you have had an encounter with God. You get to have a beautiful relationship with Him. You don't need to turn away from the Creator and worship creation. You don't need to turn away from a beautiful God that you have the wonderful opportunity to have a relationship with. Here we see a king leading his people back to God. We need to make sure that our lives are right with God and that our priority is a relationship with him. I hope you guys learned something in devotions this morning, and I hope that there are things you're going to be thinking about and praying about and working on applying in your life. Now, as we do get ready to close today, I'd like to remind you guys, we have 10% for our services this weekend. If you have not yet reached out to your campus pastor or your district pastor, please do so because we need to reserve a spot for you. Once we reserve a spot for you, because we're only at 10% right now, we're going to be sending you a text message with a confirmation that your seat has been reserved in the campus that you requested. We also are going to be having our drive-in services, so please make sure that you register for that as well, along with having opportunity in main campus and south campus to stay in your vehicles and tune in to an fm radio station and listen to the service and partake in communion and give your offerings and be a part of the service with us for those of you who don't feel comfortable in leaving your cars or if you can't because you're a senior or you have children or if there's a pre-existing medical condition we want to do whatever it is we can to best take care of you I'd also like to remind you, we do have our Fortress 91 open in all locations, including the weekend, and it would be our honor and our privilege to get to be able to pray with you, serve communion to you, and to get to agree with you about what God is doing in your life. So again, please, please, please make sure you reach out to your pastor because we would love to get to see you in God's house this weekend. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for who you are, for what you're doing, for the unfolding of the Word of God. Lord, we learn some important truths about sin and compromise, and that we don't want to turn away from you. Help us, Lord, to live right, to live righteous, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to desire relationship with the Creator and not creation, to turn away and to be your people, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you that your hand of protection is upon us. That, Lord, you are our protector, you are our provider. That, Lord, you're going to help us make sure we are taken care of. Lord, remove fear and worry from our hearts, Lord God. Lord, help us to remember that all of our needs, you've got this, Lord. Give us ideas, give us wisdom, direct us, Lord, how you can bless the work of our hands. Give us opportunities, Father God. And Lord, we thank you for being such a good and faithful Lord. We thank you for the testimonies that have been coming. We thank you for the provision. And Lord, we thank you for what you will still do. Lord, we are so grateful that you are the God of a good report. And we look forward to good reports. Give guidance, Lord God, to our government. Give guidance, Lord God, to doctors and to people making important decisions, Lord God. Lord, protect our frontliners. Protect, Lord God, our people who are going out to take care of their families, who are going out to work and provide, who are going out, Lord God, to take care of other people. Lord, we thank you that your hand of protection shall be upon us, Lord God, and that you are watching us, Lord, in our coming and our going. Lord, we give you all glory and all praise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys and look forward to seeing you in the services all this weekend.